folds in an option. Why not? Well, we got, we wouldn't get him any snaps. We got four that are going to get snaps. Nick Foles in a huddle. Did you know very early, not to say that you doubt it, did you know early in this game, by his demeanor, he's on it again? Yeah, he's the guy who doesn't really get riled up. He stays poised. Doesn't matter what game it is. And you know, I can really tell after the first couple drives that he was going to be in the zone and uh, couldn't come through on a bigger stage. And I'm just so happy for him. Just a guy that's, that's battled, was in Philadelphia, um, you know, went, went, went a few places also and then came back and, and uh, won us the Super Bowl, man. So I'm so proud of him. Foles in an option. Then I bought that new Ferrari, hey, to rest in peace. Uh, let's bring in your MVP, Nick Foles. Can't even fit in the parking spot. You ain't talking about my then what you talking about? Gangsta move inside. Foles in the mouth. I don't talk a lot. I don't say a word. I don't say a word was on my grind and now I got what I deserve. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? All right, we're here on the shore thing. A little different open this week as the Eagles in the Super Bowl were victorious. We need a free meet. Also a little tribute to the man, free meat. Uh, good show planned today. We will get into the Nick Foles discussion here in the first segment, and that's when we will talk about the Super Bowl. Second segment, talk about the wild NBA trade deadline. Gas was on. The flame was lit fully, cooking with whatever we were doing in there. It was an awesome NBA trade deadline. Then in the third segment, we're going to talk about the Olympics. They are going underway. They are on in Pyeongchang, and it's actually Monday there. A couple of events have been postponed for the uh, wins, but we will talk Olympics and if we are Olympic guys or not. Uh, and then in the final segment, we have a new segment that we'll let Ryan debut, and then we'll have our short thing, and then talk a little baseball or whatever we feel like talking about in the final segment. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Like you said, we were cooking with jet fuel for this NBA trade deadline. It was electric. Good week of sports. Uh, I'm going to pause real quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a, a Gary real quick. We have, <laughs> we have some uh, friends in Austin listening oh, right nice. now. Nice. Chris and Priscilla. They're uh, right. some new listeners, so I just want to shout them out real quick. Thanks for tuning in listening. They've been loyal listeners so far, so I just want to throw that out there. But other than that, man, I'm ready to cook. We have oh. a full-fledged, full slate of sh- uh, this show coming. It's probably going to be one of the hottest shows we've had thus far. All right. Yeah, I know we're doing... We do great numbers in local caddy shacks around the DFW <laughs> at your high-end country clubs. And then in the 216, always do great numbers up there. We're pulling numbers in the 512, my friend. All right. I like it. Growing that audience. And when my friend tours uh, South America over the summer, we'll be doing huge numbers in another continent. So <laughs> we have that to look forward worldwide. to. Worldwide. Yes, worldwide. Never lose. Nope. So let's get into the Super Bowl here. Starting off the first segment, the Eagles won. Uh, pretty much everything that has been said about the game has been said, and we're not really going to get into like oh X's and O's or anything like that because why? It, it doesn't look. It's we're a seven week. Days out, yeah. It's seven days out. It it really doesn't matter. Uh, our prop bets went back and took a listen to those. Sheesh, boy. Good thing those aired after you could place bets because boy, we would have lost a lot of people, or we would have lost people some money if they listened to us because we were not. Boy, we were not close. Yeah, it was. It was Ryan a rough with his. You had to guarantee the um, anthem would go over. Yeah, she was under by about ten seconds, right? Ten to fifteen seconds. I was timing. I was like, first two minutes is a long time when you're timing it. She was also sick too. I think that had something to play in it. Yeah, and see, I placed that uh, prop based off the last, I think, three, four, maybe even five national anthems have gone around two oh five was the average. So I thought, oh, she's going to definitely cook over two minutes. But wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was way off on that one. Yeah, I was off on the Eagles not scoring four touchdowns. I see, but one I did hit on, JJ, not over 65 yards. Really? He didn't rush over 65 no. yards? Nope. I, I hit on that one, sir. All right. So well, I go think ahead and Amazola had over five catches. So that was, uh, <laughs> yeah. that was good there. But um, 
definitely missed on the Brady over 300 yards, huh? <laughs> he about doubled that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Samsonite. Five. I was way off. That's the thing. I don't – both defenses were awful. Yeah. And if you're the page, how can you lose when you have arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play? He throws for 500 yards, doesn't have an interception, has one turnover – and was pretty much flawless the entire game. Yeah, he had some throws that were early on that were uh, that he missed here and there that weren't like as crisp as you would expect Brady. But how do you lose that game if Brady throws for five hundred doesn't throw a pick? Uh, you have to play a perfect game when you're playing the Patriots, and I think the Eagles did. Other than that interception, which was kind of a crazy interception that Nick Foles threw for sure, it wasn't on him. It was Jeffrey just batted the ball yeah, bat the up other in the guy. air. So, and I think the Eagles played a perfect game. They took risks when they needed to, and they and when the and those risks paid off for him. Fourth and one numerous times. Uh, they went on four on fourth down, and they converted every single time. And that's exactly what you have to do to beat the Patriots, and that's what they did. I mean, they, they laid out the perfect game plan. Shout out to Doug Peterson. He called a flawless game. Like I said, he went for it on fourth down when he needed to, came up with some big plays, and that's that was the name of the game right there. You're absolutely right. The Patriots played a great game. Tom Brady played a great game. Just came down to one play. As cocky as it may sound when, when Brady said they made one play better than us on defense, that's exact. That's all it was, was that strip sack fu- uh, or the and strip fumble. That was the only sack of the game. Yeah. That, and, to me, that was surprising. I thought I was surprised at how the Eagles' defensive line couldn't get to Brady. Um I thought they were going to be able to do that. But, I mean, the Patriots work so many short passes, quick passes. Mm-hmm. But they really weren't pressuring him a lot throughout the day either. No, not at all. And they just got there once, able to just get a hand on the ball, and it was out. And still, look, the Eagles won by eight points. Like, that's a pretty decisive win. Oh, yeah. And they still, until the the last play, wasn't in, it was still in up doubt. Up in the air. Up in the air <laughs> until the last play and until the ball's bobbling around. And I, I think the thing, no one's, like the Hail Mary play doesn't matter since it didn't work. But you never see this. This is how well coached a team the Patriots are and Belichick. The Hail Mary play, they had two guys in front of the goal line for the bat down forward. Forward, yep. You never, you maybe see one guy lingering. Every other team, those two guys would have been in the uh, end zone ready to go. That was amazing that they had two guys. Just pretty much just like blocking it off, mm-hmm. ready to go for the catch if it got batted out. I thought that was phenomenal, even though it it didn't work. But you're like, you could see they've, they've practiced that a lot. I mean, they're one Julian Edelman catch from last year away this year. I mean, if Edelman makes, makes you know. Oh, the- yeah, they're they're. Uh, he's four and four in Super Bowls. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying like if 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 they have that Julian Edelman esque catch, I mean they they win the game or they at least tie it and then we go into overtime. But still, or uh, I mean they set themselves up for a two point conversion. Either way, it's it's going to be a lot closer than that eight point game. But I mean that's I, I know we get caught up recency bias, but that was a great Super Bowl. It's maybe one of the better Super Bowls we've seen thus far. Obviously, last year was great with that Patriots comeback, I, but okay. but it was going back and forth from the jump. Well, that's the difference between last year's and then the one last week is this was from the start. Yeah. It was action. Last year was a great fourth quarter or late third quarter and the fourth quarter and then overtime. So about an hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. This was from start, like you said, start to finish. Foles played he was great. Oh, yeah. The funniest thing, we were at a party where there's a Cowboys, a couple of Cowboys fans, and the one Cowboys fan was just nuts. He was cheering for the Patriots like the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl. Like, I don't want the Patriots to win. I, needed, I didn't care if it was the Eagles. Whoever the Patriots were playing, I would have rooted against them. But he was going nonstop like the Cowboys. And then uh, in one of our caddy group chats, there's an Eagles fan. So he was pretty quiet during the oh we before the game a Patriots fan a dude from Boston and the guy from Philly made a wager of their next loop fees so the guy bet their next loop on it so the Patriots fan lost said after the game he's in tears crying <laughs> I'm like dude you've won five Super Bowls and you won last year like uh you don't go and he's like everyone means more after the next oh, one God, look, get out of here look with the Cavs title that second one meant a ton the first one you're hurt but then last year. You're not hurt because you just won the year before. That's just how it is. So that guy was ridiculous. But then the Eagles, the Cowboys and the Eagles fan on Monday, going back of the five rings to the one ring, was the most pull-my-hair-out thing I had to see. And, like, the dude's 26. How can you count titles that you weren't allowed when you're alive? So I, as my like-to-stir-the-pot self, uh, 
I said eight is greater than five because the Browns have eight NFL champ- eight <laughs> championships, and he just wanted none of it. He just gave up. So that was fun. But the Cowboys and the Eagles, five greater than one, is been the most maddening thing during this whole week for me. Well, I mean, as a Redskins fan, I can see where the Cowboys fan comes yes, from. Yes, I understand it, but it's such a lazy thing. It, it, it's it's a weak it's a weak argument. I hate the how many rings do you have in the history of your organization. I I hate that. What have you done? What have you done recently? You know, what have you done for me recently? That's that's where I come from. Uh, so I mean, I was full on Patriots. I have a Redskins shirt that says "Beat Philly," but it's Redskins colors. It has a Redskins logo. I was sporting that the entire. Uh, Super Bowl, I showed up to the Super Bowl party that I was at. It's full of Cowboys fans. It, it's nothing but Cowboys fans. It's a fantasy league that I'm in. And the one guy was harping on me for the shirt. And he's like, oh, that's a terrible shirt. Just seeing that it was a Redskins shirt. And then I was like, did you read it? And he's like, oh, no, I didn't see it. That's greatness because it literally says beat Philly. And so, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I was full-fledged. Let's go Patriots. But, man, I couldn't be mad at that uh, at that the game all in all because it was entertaining when you don't have a fighting when you don't have any but a rooting interest in it you know for the you most just want part a good game. you just want a good game and we definitely got that like you said everything that's been that could have been said about this super bowl has been said so we're just kind of recapping going it from it from a fan's perspective yeah. i think rather than analytics sure. yeah yeah you know I, I just don't understand now why after the game everyone's saying they have to trade fools why do you you don't have to trade him no he's under contract and Wentz is coming off an acl injury like there's no need to trade him you're gonna risk Rushing him back? Yeah, you do like, not want to rush Wentz back. Okay, you get a first round pick. What does it matter? You're gonna have a first round pick in the second. You have a you have the last pick of the first round. Okay, people are gonna want to go to Philly now. Look, I understand getting first round picks, but um, one of the like it's a quarterback centric offense, is what Doug Peterson has said. So why not keep a quarterback that clearly fits the offense? To me, that doesn't make really any sense. All right. When we come back here on the shore thing, we are going to talk NBA trade deadline. It was nuts Thursday, and Electric. we'll talk how the – it was pretty much all the Cavs that did the move. Yeah. So we'll pretty much just talk Cavs and some other – and Doug McDermott. Look, we're not going to shell Dougie our guy. McBucket, let's go. Dougie McBucket short. So more uh, of that on the shore thing right All right, we are back here on the Short Thing, Warren Shore and Ryan Silva. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Short Thing, and then subscribe on iTunes at the Short Thing, and search us on SoundCloud. And if you do subscribe on iTunes, please give a five star review and a rating. That helps us out a lot. So NBA trade deadline two weeks earlier than normal. I don't know if I like it or not, but um, the big trade was Blake Griffin about a week and a half before that going to the Pistons. The Cavs were the team that really needed to make a move, uh, if you follow the NBA. Or hold, we'll start with the Dallas trade first, and then we'll get to the Cavs. So Dallas makes the trade. They trade Devin Harris to Denver. Denver makes this move to try and make the playoffs this year, their stretch run. They send a second-round pick to to New York. Yeah. And then New York sends uh, Doug McDermott to Dallas. Who's on his fourth team. New York also got uh, Emmanuel Moutier. And Emmanuel Moutier, yes. Uh, Interesting that McDermott's on his fourth team. Yeah. I like the guy. Loved him in college. Actually saw his last college game when he got destroyed by uh, Baylor in San Antonio. Um, But always liked his game in college. I don't know why. He is been bouncing around that's why it really hasn't worked out for him but he can shoot absolutely and i think that's that might be the reason why he bounces around so much is because he's a a good role player so he's a guy that maybe isn't you know real significant to your team but he's another player that other teams could want another team or another player that teams you know could like to have come off their bench and i think after i was at the game last night for both his debut and isaiah's uh, debut with the lakers and he actually he fit in really well. I mean, he came over, what, Thursday and yesterday was Saturday, and he looked like he found a place right in that offense with the Mavs, and I think that's, again, that's why he's bounced around. He's been with the Thunder, the Bulls, the Knicks, and now the Mavs, um, and I think that's why he can he can bounce around and just kind of slide right in and be a role player coming off the bench for any team because his game translate, translates across the NBA. Yeah, but I, look, if he was a good role player, guys, people wouldn't be trading him. If he was... Yeah. That's the thing. But, okay, I think he's going to help out the Mavs. 
they need to. They're still really young, but it's just another stretch four, mm-hmm. three or four. Interesting piece in a season like this when you're trying to figure out who can be a part of the future, and he's one of those guys. And look, with Seth Curry out the whole year, even though one's a forward, one's a guard, it still helps your outside shooting. Definitely, yeah, it 100% helps your outside shooting. And he's actually a great passer. He's an underrated passer for a stretch four. He can he uh, gets rid of the ball and ha- sees the court really well. And another interesting little tidbit, uh, he and Harrison Barnes, high school yeah, teammates, high school teammates yes. won a 4A uh, state championship together. So there's a little camaraderie there. So shout out to them, you know, coming back together. So that might be a little something that they can build off of. But like I said, he just kind of can slide into any offense, it seems like, because he is that stretch four. Just kind of, you know, wait in the corner, wait for his – Wait for his uh the for for the ball to come to him, and he plays good enough defense that he's not a liability out there that you can rely on him to d up some of these guys. I mean, he was d'ing up uh Brandon Ingram last night and a couple of their other bigs. Julius Randle he took on a couple times and did pretty well. So uh, I'm interested to see. Hopefully he sticks around for a long time. Like I said, I'm a big fan of of Doug McDermott too. I liked him when he was at Creighton. Uh, he kind of made a name for himself in in March in the tournament and kind of became one of these Jimmer Fredette types or you know one of those other guys that just kind of comes on late in the season that he makes it makes a run so hopefully he can stick around and maybe be a part of the future whatever it may be he's not going to be you know a huge piece with the Mavs but you know a nice little role player coming off the bench yeah interesting interesting guy all right so the trade deadline on Thursday was off to a slow start it didn't really pick up till around 11 30 central time when Woj first of all took took shams raked them over the coals Woj in the, yeah he he Took over the dominance. It looked like Shams and free agency was getting into the Woj as Woj went over to ESPN. Nope. Woj back on top and by a lot. Gold medal for Woj. Um, so the Cavs' first trade, they traded Isaiah Thomas and Channing Fry and a first-round pick, their first-round pick, to the Lakers for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance. Pretty much the Cavs needed to make a move because they were looking terrible. The worst basketball I've seen them play since LeBron came back. They had no effort. The guys looked like they hated each other. Just no energy. All that stuff. That you just They were getting drilled by 30. Every time they walked on the floor, you thought they were going to get beat by 25 to 30. Even when they're up by 20, yes. they still. Against the Magic was yeah. the key. They were, they were like, all right, maybe they're turning the corner. Up by the Magic in the second half. Then they get outscored by 40 in the second half yeah. to the Magic, who are terrible. The second-worst record in the league. So they needed something to happen. Lots of rumors flying around. Dan Gilbert doesn't want to do anything. He's already saying LeBron's gone. What's going to happen here? All this stuff about Gilbert. He's the real GM. Kobe Altman isn't the GM. Well, those reports are could have been true, but they changed on Thursday because Kobe Altman, masterful job, gets Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson, ships out cancer number one, Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. To the Lakers with Channing Fry. That's a piece, you know what? It's tough to see go. Then the deal that I think is the big one is they get George Hill from the Kings, ship out Iman Shumpert. He goes to the Kings. They get Rodney Hood from Utah. They send Jay Crowder to Utah. And then they send out Derek Rose. Derek Rose to Utah as well, who had no business on the. And he had 28 turnovers, 26 assists in his Cavs career. Oof. And then they sent Dwayne Wade to the Heat, which was shocking to me at first. I think that was more so just like, a, well, here's a. That was know, a, hey, your minutes courtesy. are getting cut because yeah. we're playing. No, but at the time, they've just made this trade to get Hood and all these other people. And I'm like, what? they trading Wade? Wade looked like he had it together this year to Miami. Okay. LeBron definitely had to write that off. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, your minutes are getting cut. You're going back to Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Cavs. Out go six players, in come four. The four coming in are Clarkson, Nance, Hood, and George Hill. Going out, Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, um, Channing Fry, Derrick Rose, and D. Wade. So, whole new team. And the big move was the Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder getting out of Cleveland. Definitely. Mainly Isaiah Thomas. We were texting after, or during the Timberwolves-Cavs game the, game the day before when LeBron hit that big shot, and I said, man, Isaiah has to go. It was about running down about 10 seconds, and the Cavs are down 138-136, and LeBron has the ball over on the wing, 
And Isaiah Thomas is standing at half court with his hands up in the air, like, give me the ball, give me the ball. There is no way in heck LeBron is giving that ball up in that, in that situation. He's not going to give the ball up to you. I don't know who you think you are. Okay, you had a great For game. Sure. You had a great season last year with the Celtics. You, you know, IT4, you know, you showed up in That's the fourth fine. quarter. You're shooting 15% from three this year, dude, and 30% from the field. You're not getting the ball. You're not getting the ball. And he has his hands up in the air. When he realizes LeBron doesn't put him down, he puts – he. Or doesn't isn't going to pass him the ball. He throws his arms down like, oh my god! And then LeBron goes and finishes at the hoop, ties it up, gets the big block down at the end. And when I saw him put the, his arms up in the air, I, that's when I texted you said Isaiah <laughs> has to go. I've been saying he's had to go for a long time. And you know what was playing around Cleveland when the trade went down? What's that? <laughs> Celebration! Woo! He is gone. Ic four gone. Played this in my car after the trade. Woo! And Crowder seemed to be like a big problem too. Because uh, doing some reading after, it was like IT and Crowder were like a click in there. Not oh, talking to uh, anyone else. That makes sense. Um, yeah, coming over from the Boston trade. And look, Isaiah was in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. Coming off the hip. The Cavs should have just voided the trade when they found out, when they got the medicals, and they found out how bad the hip was. That's what they should have. They should have avoided that trade, but they still keep to the Brooklyn pick, which is probably the most valuable thing yeah. in that trade. But Isaiah, he was playing last year's game in this year's body, and this year's body is not the same as last year's body. Absolutely. Not. And look, if this was five games in, and then um, you saw. Some improvement from Isaiah, say games 5 through 10, and then, all right, 10 to 15, he's getting better and more comfortable. Okay, I would say not trade him. But this was 15 games, and he looked awful. I mean, he doesn't play defense. Just let's play the Matador defense. Just nothing for anyone. So it's a great thing Isaiah is gone. And look, I hope he does well with the Lakers. It just was never working out with the Cavs. And, look, that's part on him, too, because everything that comes out of the Cavs locker room today was, oh, we got guys to try hard now. And this, all the, all about effort. Like LeBron said today, it's just, I just want guys who work hard. That's a direct shot at Isaiah. And even Crowder, because Crowder was terrible until – in the last week and a half or so when he started playing a little better. I think the telling sign with Jay Crowder was when, I forget who it was against, but Kevin Love gets knocked to the ground. And oh, yeah, he doesn't even pick him he, up. He, just, that he was like literally looks ago. at him and like steps over him. That was before Kevin Love obviously goes out, but, but that, that was, was a telling sign right there. That was right before the team um, meeting. The team that's meeting, another right, but still. But for, still, it's your teammate. I don't care, who, no, I don't care what's sure. going on. For sure. That's another thing, too, with Isaiah. So you're just going to walk into the Cavs locker room, they want a title, and you're going to go out because Kevin Love is sick one day, and you're going to roast him over the coals yeah. for missing a game because he's sick. I thought you do. You guys were uh, best buds from AAU. Like, what? Uh, what are you doing? And then Kevin... Ke- Isaiah Thomas is calling out the coaching staff saying, oh, they need to make more adjustments. Uh, and then they're like, oh, no. IT's like, I'm not making any adjustments. I'm going to shoot because that's my game. Well, you need to make adjustments when you're not making any shots. Like, they were minus 25 when Isaiah was on the court in those 15 games, plus 20 when he wasn't playing. Because he can't play defense. I know. And he, he was getting cooked last night by Yogi Ferrell. Yogi Ferrell, say what you will about the guy. I mean, he's a a nice guard coming off the bench, but he was getting absolutely cooked by him. Isaiah Thomas does not understand defense, does not know how to play defense. So what adjustment can you make to be playing five on four when you're playing defense? There is no adjustment No, I for know that. there's not. And then God, that's the thing. That's why last year when all the Boston people were saying Kyrie's better than Isaiah, I was like, no, he's not. Isaiah's 5'9", and it breaks down in um the play in the playoffs when defense matters, he can't play any defense. Like I still thought that this year, Kyrie's so much better than Isaiah. Oh, you said that backwards. So you think so you do think Kyrie's better than yes. Isaiah. You said it backwards. You said you thought No, I said when Boston fans were saying Isaiah was better than Kyrie. Yeah, you said that backwards. Okay, well okay. Boston fans last year between Cavs fans was yeah. who's better, Kyrie or Isaiah? They would just point to a scoring. And then when the Cavs cook him in the playoffs every year, because they got Isaiah on the court the mm-hmm. whole time. Well, go back and look at the Boston series last year when they started playing better, was when Isaiah was out. But, all right, so that is a long thing about the trade deadline, which was pretty much just the Cavs getting rid of the two cancers, Isaiah and um, 
Crowder and then getting much younger, three young studs. and Way more athletic. Way more athletic. And this will go into our – we'll leave this to our new segment. We'll talk more about the Cavs when Ryan debuts the new segment at the end of the show because we're going to need to pump the brakes <laughs> on the takes uh, about the new Cavs. All right, when we come back here on the short thing, we're going to get into some Olympics and talk about – uh, what are some of our favorite winter Olympic sports and how we feel about the Olympics? And Katie Couric, during those opening ceremonies, quite a blunder, or what was she thinking? Sheesh. Sheesh is right. So we'll have that more on the short thing here on Talk Radio 1190 after this break. The 22nd Annual Attitudes in Attire Fashion Show and Luncheon Benefiting Women in Need here in North Texas will be held Friday, February 23rd at the Dallas Trademark. Find out more at attitudesinattire.org. Building confidence, changing lives. Does getting a flavorful, balanced, and convenient dinner on the table night after night feel like a chore? Let HelloFresh take care of the weekly meal planning so you can save time and actually have fun cooking and eating amazing meals. Visit HelloFresh.com and choose what meals you want from an ever-changing, customizable, and always delicious menu. Then let HelloFresh shop and deliver pre-measured ingredients with simple recipes that come together in around 30 minutes, have just six steps, and require minimal cleanup. But the best part? It costs less than $10 a meal. So if there's ever been a time to kick those 5 p.m. excuses, break out of your recipe rut, and take the first step towards unstoppable, it's now. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash family to get $30 off your first box. That's HelloFresh.com slash family for $30 off. HelloFresh.com slash family. On this historic day, Jack in the Box introduces a fast food first, the Food Truck Series. Asian fried chicken sandwich with crunchy Asian slaw and gochujang mayo, the pork belly BLT with tangy honey aioli, and the prime rib cheesesteak smothered in provolone cheese. And to that I say, hang on, let me turn the music down. I'll take uh, one of each and an order of fries, please. Sounds good, Jack. Pull up to the next window. Thank you. Try the new food truck series at Jack in the Box today. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. This is... Back here on the Short Thing, Warren Shore, Ryan Silva. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes at the Short Thing and follow us on SoundCloud. Also follow our Twitter account at the Short Thing. It's spelled S-C-H-O-R-R. You probably weren't going to get it right. Uh, so the Olympics started on Thursday since the time difference. Opening ceremonies was on Friday night. A couple of events have already happened. And uh, the U.S., couple of medals. They won a medal in luge, and then they won a medal... Uh, in men's slope style, thanks to the uh, kid from uh, the snowboarding mecca of <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio, brought home the slope style. Red Garrett uh, is his name. 17 years old. I heard an interview with him after. He was like, I wasn't even supposed to make the finals. And they were like, are you surprised by this? He's like, yeah, I wasn't even supposed to make the finals. And so pretty amazing for a 17-year-old. To win a gold medal there, so Ryan, what uh, I've been watching some of curling mixed oh, up yeah. mixed doubles curling is different. Uh, it's more fast paced, definitely than the regular curling. But what have you been uh, watching so far? I'm always locked in on curling. Curling is one of the most underrated sports, and it's funny. I'll, I'll be honest, I am a bandwagon curling fan because I only watch it when it comes around to the Olympics. Uh, I'm not super locked into world championships or anything like that. Curling is one of my favorites. Um, the Olympic ski jumping is unreal to me. Yes. That that's that's one of the things that like I'm just so fascinated because anything could happen, anything could go wrong and like your life could end. You know what I mean? And just the fact that they can, you know, go f- probably what 50, 60 miles an hour down a hill and then just launch themselves. Just 100 re- meters just relying on those two skis on their feet to land. So I'm a huge 
ski jumping guy. Speed skating, I've always been locked into thanks to Apollo Anton Ono. He got he got me locked in. I said last week Olympic hockey is one of my favorite sports. Uh, it's just so electric. I was even watching a little women's Olympic hockey today. USA was playing Finland, and I just like how it's so wide open. There's tons of passing. The puck is bouncing around. Uh, so I'm, I'm locked in there. Bobsled is always fascinating. It's always fun. Skeleton is another one that I like a lot. That's it's luging that you got if you're not familiar. It's it's same thing as luge, but you're going head first. That is amazing because the luge guys are going 80 miles an hour and skeleton going head first. Yeah. Unreal. I'm, I'm I'm out on that. But uh, the the one thing I will I will say about bobsled, we have a, a kind of a national hero, Sam McGuffey. I don't know if you remember him. He was a huge high school football prospect coming out. He's one of the first guys to ever put these mixtapes together. He's a Houston native, okay. and he's he's a part of the Olympic bobsled team this year. He never quite made it in the NFL. He played a little bit in the CFL. But so uh, I, that was just kind of a little. Side Isn't note. Lolo Jones still on the Olympics or not? Or is he just? Uh, Keep roasting Blake Griffin on Instagram. <laughs> she, I think she's doing a little bit of both. I think she got a Winter Olympic medal for roasting yeah. Blake Griffin on Instagram. <laughs> but yeah, so speed skating, that's ski jumping, skeleton, hockey, and curling. Pretty much everything. I'm locked in on the Winter Olympics. Same, so I, I got to say. I, you, you know, these are just... And, and the biath- biathlon. Okay, I was going to bring up the biathlon. How has Texas not had a commanding presence in the biathlon? It includes guns, which obviously everyone in Texas loves, and then skiing. Everyone, I a lot of people I know in Texas like skiing. Oh yeah, look, I understand cross country skiing too. It's flat. You only need a couple mini hills. How has someone from Texas that is not a good shooter that is a good shooter and can build up some endurance not just mastered the craft on the world stage? That is, I'm floored. Biathlon to me is just so intriguing because it's like. I mean, I guess if you're good at shooting, yeah, you have a leg up. But it's like, how do you realize that you're good at, A, cross-country skiing, and B, shooting a tiny target from a long ways away and combining both of them at the exact same time? And yes. how, did they, how did this come up, become a sport and become an Olympic sport? That's what baffles me. But either way, I love the biathlon. It's a little tough to watch, I will say. because of It's the cross- slow. It's a little slow. It's tough to watch because of the cross-country skiing part. Yeah. But once they pull up to the targets, then that's when it starts getting a little exciting. Yeah. But uh, I'm saying the the uh, Winter Olympic or the Winter Olympics, I think, are a little underrated. Very. I, you were kind of dog in figure skating a little bit earlier. Okay, no, no, no. I I want to say this. Look, figure skating the pairs is impressive. Yes, doing that's all where the I'm turns. At. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I I get it. And look, it's amazing what the men how they can hold the women and the women doing their when they get thrown off. They're doing the triple axles and whatever. All I'm saying is they just ram it down your throats in prime time. Yeah, and I get it. It draws the ratings, but a little change up here of. A little change of another sport, something to would be nice. Look, I understand, and it's fine to watch. Like opening night, I was watching because the men were falling. Every man seemed to fall. Yeah, it's just they seem to just ram it down your throats a little bit too much. A little breathing on the figure skating, and we'll be fine. See, I I agree. The singles figure skating, eh, not so much. But the, the doubles, pairs is amazing. Oh man, that's, that's where it's at. When they're spinning around, and these girls are six or eight inches off the ice, and they're just yeah. spinning around. I don't even trust myself that much. No. And you're going to trust somebody else to be throwing you above their well, head. Well, and the couple ice? who was de- uh, last night is from the U.S. is married. Yeah. So the so the husband lets go and she goes flying into the boards. <laughs> How's that ending up? Get the papers ready. Can they file U.S. <laughs> papers in South Korea? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I'm saying the, the, uh, the Olympic – uh, Winter Olympics, I, I love. Like I said, curling, I was watching a little Norway versus China today. That was pretty intense. People make fun of me. Like my, my uh, fiance, for example, is making fun of me. She's like, how do you even know what's going on? Like, what, how is this even exciting? Like, are you kidding me? The strategy? Because yes. you have strategies where you have to set up the rocks to maybe block the other team's rocks from getting through the target or playing. Like, there's there's a very strong strategic offense and defense mind in curling. And to be able to know how hard or when to sweep the rock to make sure it can go. Uh, the proper distance or pick up speed or drop speed, whatever it may be, man. We'll have to go to the Dallas Curling Club. Hey, make a video. Sign me up. Uh, so tonight they're supposed to do uh, giant slalom skiing. Men's downhill got canceled because the wind. And I think I heard coming beforehand, coming up before you came on the show, that giant slalom was uh, postponed. Um, so that's disappointing. Michaela Schifrin, I guess one of the top names in the skiing, uh, isn't going to go, but. I 
the one of the other things, did you Leslie Jones on Snapchat? She's doing the doing her view of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Uh, I have to check it out. You have to check it out. She was doing this during the Summer Olympics. She was actually in Rio. It was hilarious, and she's. The short track speed skating relay when they push you. Yeah. She was so mind blown by that. And then she was watching curling for the first time and she was like, What are they yelling when they're telling them to sweep and all this? It was very funny. So she will definitely uh, enhance your Olympic viewing. So the opening ceremonies happened. A lot was brought in about the two Koreas uh, marching together. It's a fine story. Kim Jong Un or Kim Jong Il's sister is there and she is getting way too much attention for being. Uh, uh, someone who poisoned someone in Malaysia last year and someone who's the relative of the dictator of a country. Like, I think they're playing her up way too much. And look, she was way too close to Mike. Like, that is way too close for something to be bugged to a U.S. vice president. Yeah. No matter who it is. Like, yeah. way too close. You don't have to like the guy, but still, way too close, whatever's going on. So Katie Couric was hosting with uh, Mike Tirico the opening ceremonies, and the Netherlands come walking in and the Netherlands really good in speed skating long track and short track I wonder why they're so good in speed skating what speed skating well Katie Kirk please tell us because I don't know why the Dutch are so good at speed skating next is the Netherlands it's probably not a newsflash to tell you the Dutch are really really good at speed skating all but five of the 110 medals they've won have been on the speed skating oval. Now, why are they so good, you may be asking yourselves? Because skating is an important mode of transportation in a city like Amsterdam, which sits at sea level. As you all know, it has lots of canals that can freeze in the winter. So for as long as those canals have existed, the Dutch have skated on them to get from place to place, to race race each other, and also to have fun. (laughs) Okay, first of all, I have never seen... I've never been to Amsterdam or the Netherlands, so I cannot say this from firsthand experience. But from the pictures I have seen in the winter, I have never seen anyone from the Netherlands taking the long skates of speed skating, not just your normal ice skates, the long speed skating skates, and is just out there on the canal skating away to get to work with the briefcase on their shoulder. You know, this makes so much sense. That must be why Usain Bolt is so fast. Yes, he just he runs, runs everywhere yeah. in Jamaica. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Oh. oh, Thank you, Katie Kirk, for clearing that up. That is a... Uh, that's. I wonder where she got her. Uh, I want to know who the producer exactly. was that yeah, gave her that information wanna... and was like, "All right, I'm going to write this down. She's going to read this beforehand. There's no way she goes on air with it." Well, buddy, you're wrong because guess what? She read it right from the page. I'm Ron Burgundy. Yes, I want to know who gave her that. And the people in the Netherlands are mad because they're getting portrayed like they just speed skate everywhere. <laughs> Look, that's not a bad thing. Hey, there could be worse things. There said could about be way you. worse things that you could be. Uh, characterized for or whatever as speed Amsterdam. yes speed skating and then the internet is loving it they are just posting speed skaters <laughs> on the canals like a big pack of them on the canals very funny so you should go search uh there's some very funny articles that have the best uh memes we'll tweet one out from the short thing we'll tweet out one of the ones that we thought was really funny so i want to know what's going on with uh katie kirk but the Dutch uh, swept one of the long track, the women's, I think, 3,000. And then I was watching today, they said the, the uh, Dutch version of LeBron James or Steph Curry oh, was wow. uh, out there, and he smoked the field in long track speed skating. So uh, they are living up to the name of mode of transportation leads to high medal count. They are second in the medal, total medal count right now, the Netherlands is. You want to give us an update on the total medal count? Norway with eight. Netherlands with five, Germany with four. Netherlands has two gold right and now. And the Norwegians, I was watching today the skiath or the the uh, ski the skiathon or the the, the, the the long distance skiing, the marathon of skiing. Yeah, and the Netherlands swept it. And the one dude that won fell. They were doing uh, not freestyle, but the normal thing when they're in the those yeah, lanes. The lanes. Did you see this highlight? He just he got tripped up, took a ski. Uh, I did see where there was like a pile. Up. Yeah, him. He got he oh, was okay. down in it. And he came he back to a, win. Oh, okay. Smoked okay, okay. the field. Um. So yeah, they clean swept it. So that's helped. The U.S. What have two medals right now? Uh, let me see. Pulling that up right now. I believe. Yeah, I believe they have two medals here. Yep, two medals. One gold and one silver. All right. All right. It's early on. Oh yeah. So plenty of time. We will uh, continue to talk Olympics next week on the show and uh, 
some of our favorite events will be coming out. So looking forward to the Olympics. And with the time change, look, you're getting some live stuff at night. And then if you're up early in the morning, like we are sometimes, you are more than me, you're going to get a lot of live action. Oh, yeah. So if you are a night owl, this is perfect for you. All right, we come back on the short thing. You Darvish signed. Where did he sign? Well, he's not coming back to the Rangers, as some people thought. And then we debut a new segment that I hinted at last segment. So we'll have that, and Ryan will debut that for you. More on the short thing after this on Talk Radio 1190. Nope. Does getting a flavorful, balanced, and convenient dinner on the table night after night feel like a chore? Let HelloFresh take care of the weekly meal planning so you can save time and actually have fun cooking and eating amazing meals. Visit HelloFresh.com and choose what meals you want from an ever-changing, customizable, and always delicious menu. Then let HelloFresh shop and deliver pre-measured ingredients with simple recipes that come together in around 30 minutes, have just six steps, and require minimal cleanup. But the best part? It costs less than $10 a meal. So if there's ever been a time to kick those 5 p.m. excuses, break out of your recipe rut, and take the first step towards unstoppable, it's now. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash family to get $30 off your first box. That's HelloFresh.com slash family for $30 off. HelloFresh.com slash family. Keep loving you, way past 65. We made a language for us two, we don't need to describe. Every time you call on me, I drop what I do. You are my best friend and we've got some shit to shoot. All right, we're back here on Talk Radio 1190. Warren Shore and Ryan Silva with you as we wind down another week of the Shore thing. Hope everybody had a great week and is enjoying the show. So you, Darvish, finally signed. Very slow MLB uh, offseason. The hot stove has been cold. No cooking, really. Um, and... Uh, he signed with the Cubs, six-year deal, $126 million, can get up to 150 with uh, some incentives. But he can opt out after two years. So it's pretty much a two-year deal. Yeah. Yeah, because he's probably going to – He, I think he probably will opt out one way or the other. Either he is – well, see, I, I don't know. It, it, it is a two-year deal, but if, he, if he's cooking, he's probably going to opt out, which I don't see that happening. But uh, is it a mutual option or is it just a player option? I did not see. I think as a player option. Okay, so it's probably more so a two-year deal. But if he's struggling, like we've seen him kind of teeter off these last few years, he's going to be locked in for four years after. And the Cubs might be in trouble, and he might be somebody that they're looking to deal come the last, you know, couple parts of that uh, that contract. If they just don't release him outright, I'm just happy as a Yankee fan that he wasn't re-signed or he wasn't signed as the Yankees or as a Yankee. And the Rangers fans, honestly, should be happy that he wasn't re-signed either because, like I said, he's just been teetering off. He can't really get it done in the playoffs. He, I don't know what it is. He just, he just is lacking He pitched something. well in that uh, championship uh, NLCS game at the Cubs. Shut him out. But I will say this. Look, he went under market value, I think. Yeah. Oh. So, look, if it's a two-year deal – at $25 million, he was expecting to get a $200 million deal. Yeah, that's true. You're right. So under market value, and you're going into a new stadium in two years, so you're going to tank for two years. You're going to be terrible for two years before you go into a new stadium. Right now, I saw people on Twitter saying you're prioritizing building a new stadium rather than being good. Because like, you look at the Rangers roster. It, look, Gallo's probably going to hit 40 bombs and bat 210. But other than that, what's there to really look forward to? Willie Calhoun? Yeah. You got no pitchers. Is it Doug Fister? Give me a break. Like all these journeymen, you got really not a lot of. You got no young talent coming up. Yeah, no. I mean, they they kind of have traded. Either all their talent has already been up to the big or they leagues, traded it. or they traded it away to make runs those last few years. So it is tough for the Rangers to see. Uh, to, I mean, I, I suppose you're right. Yeah, I mean, how are you gonna just? It's not that they're tanking, but they're really not making any big moves no, either. You don't expect to look. They're they have not made a move that says, "Oh, they're going to be able to take down the Astros." Definitely not. Or oh, even be able to keep pace for a wild card spot. 
Yeah, I mean, especially with the West, the way it's shaping up with the Angels. You know, they added uh, um, Shohei Otani. I mean, there's so Kinsler. Kinsler. That so the the Angels are going to be better than they were obviously. And, and the Angels the what Astros. finished third last year, and they right. had what their whole starting staff get injured. Right. So and then obviously the Astros are going to be running things for a while. So I mean, as a Ranger fan, I mean you, I I, I think long term you're going to be happy you didn't sign you, Darvish. But short term, sure, maybe you know going into this new stadium, who knows? But uh, I think the big story is just how many unsigned free agents there are left yes. altogether. I mean, they're talking about having this a camp, a, a, yeah, a spring training camp for free agents out at IMG Academy in Florida. Uh, so we'll see how that and a lot of this they're they're talking about because teams are trying to tank, teams aren't trying to get better, so they're holding off on signing these big contracts. But, but sorry, no, no. But I think it's also because the luxury tax. Yeah, there's because you're gonna pay more if you go over the heart. That's not a salary cap, but they're they don't want all the big time teams spending all the big time. They want some stars in other towns. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what I'm saying too. Like the fact that all the all these contracts are guaranteed in the MLB, I think I I wish the NFL would go to that uh, more of a guaranteed structure so that we don't get these fake hundred million dollar deals and that these guys are guaranteed money. But at the same time, it does hurt teams, and I think now it's starting to hurt players because you get you see guys like Eric Hosmer, guys like Mike Mustakis, who should be getting you know hundred hundred fifty million dollar deals that are still unsigned because teams just don't want to make that commitment long term. Well, I think teams got reckless. About oh, yeah. six, seven years oh, ago. Yeah. I.e. the Yankees. I mean, well, yeah, and money. the Angels, Angels Hamilton, yep. all the Red Sox, they see that these big-time deals usually don't work out, so they're being more careful. So it'll be interesting. Pitchers and catchers report this week, Wednesday, for the uh, Rangers. So baseball right around the corner. We'll get some people on to talk baseball as spring training is in the get, is in full swing and before the season starts. All right, Ryan. Drum roll as what is the uh, new segment that you are debuting that we're going to lead into the short thing with? Uh, we got a new segment. It's not going to be a weekly segment. It's just going to be as needed, and it's going to be called Pump the Brakes on a Take. And I bring this up because I definitely want to pump the brakes on a take, and it's my take on Trey Young. A couple weeks ago, I was on here. I fully bought into the hype. Dude was dropping 50 or 40 points and 20 assists and, you know, 30-point games here after, you know, game after game after game. And I was on here saying he's a better rebounder than Steph Curry. He's a better passer than Steph Curry. And even comparing him to Steph Curry. And boy, do I want to pump the brakes on him. The guy is good. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's going to be in play for a top pick. He might be the seventh best prospect at best right now, the way I see it. But he's just doing too much. I think he's brought bought way too much into his own hype. He's chucking up shots from the logo and it's just not helping OU at all. And guys are standing in the corner. Guys are, you know, standing around the hoop. They just look discouraged because it's like he's going to dribble the ball down the court and chuck up these shots that, okay, maybe in his range, but realistically aren't. And he'd be better trying to make a play passing the ball or dribbling the ball, you know, uh, uh, driving the ball into the paint and dishing it out or something. Whereas, like I said, right now he's kind of hurting that OU offense. So I want to pump the brakes on the take that Trey Young is as good as advertised. Like I said, the kid is good. I think maybe a top a, a, a seven to ten. He's going to be a top rather, ten pick. He's going to be a top ten pick, but I don't think he's going to go anybody that's saying he's going to be a top three pick is wrong. The, be wrong. The top Steph three, top hype. Five. The, Steph the Steph hype has gotten him. I'm in the same boat as you. I watched him occasionally. The beginning of the season, he was phenomenal. Yeah, I was like, all right, this guy is great, and then now. Ever since they're like the step hype, the step hype, the step, the fact that they have it on ESPN, they have his name and his stats right above the team. Have you noticed this? Yeah, ridiculous. And he is just like you said, trying to do way too much. And I like the kid. I think he's going to be good in the NBA. He's just hurting his team right now. I think a lot. He, he we made this comparison a couple weeks ago to Marshall Henderson, and he's kind of getting Marshall. Yeah, Henderson but he's ads. better than Henderson. Oh, though. absolutely, agreed. But some of the shots that he's taking, and some sure. of the looks that he's For given sure. himself. Whew, I, sure. If I was a coach, I'd you know pull, tell him to pull the reins back a little bit. Make sure that I mean, you are the point guard. You need to look to dish a little bit more. Yeah, we're getting into this combo guard era where your point guards are expected to score and pass the ball. But he is just I mean, just a couple weeks ago when he took he went what thirteen of thirty nine. Yeah, but it, and scored forty points. So you see the forty thirty nine shots, right? You see the forty points. That I mean, I 
I think I, I, you know, I play pickup hoops every now and then over at the local uh, <laughs> fitness center. But if I'm chucking up 39 shots, you're getting walked off the floor. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Nobody's. I'm not. I'm not stepping foot. Nobody's picking me to be on their team ever again. But I'm just saying, you, if you're shooting 39 shots, I hope you get 40 points. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just you see that 40 point stat line. But you don't see what he's actually shooting. 39 shots is a ton a lot, of shots a for one player. So I'm going to pump the brakes on the Trey Young. He's still a good guy. He's still a good player. Still a decent top prospect. But I'm going to pump the brakes on the Steph Curry comparisons heavily. Yeah, same here. Mine is the Cavs, the new look Cavs. They just mopped the floor with those Celtics today on Paul Pierce retirement jersey. Boy, the truth looked really, really happy as a Cavs. LeBron didn't even play the fourth quarter. Guess why? Because they were up so many points they didn't even need them. I was expecting to see him uh, doing the water bottle flip over on the uh, over Well, at one point they were about to because he was at the pretty much the elbow celebrating after Jordan Clarkson hit a three. But uh, I'm gonna, I want to pump the brakes on that the Cavs are really this good look. I still don't think the Celtics can beat the Cavs with this team, but it's one game. Tone it down. Yeah. All right. Even though it's very exciting, but I've never had this much fun watching a Cavs game this year. All right. So the short thing, didn't really see it getting a rest count last week, but it was under 50 in Philadelphia. So mine was wrong. Really disappointed. The place was going bananas. Also, welcome to the club, Philly. Horse poop, eating horse poop is now the new celebration. That was some dude in the Cleveland parade that started started it. Ugh. Trendsetters. Not saying I I uh, say I would I would not do that. But hey, get someone in your city that will do it. Keep the trend going. Whoever it's going to be for the NBA championship or the Stanley Cup uh, this year. All right, my short thing is that Tiger is going to make the cut this week. He's back at Riviera Stacked Field. Jordan's playing. Phil's on a hot streak right now. Even though he hasn't won since 2013, but Tiger is going to make this make the cut this week at Riviera, and he'll finish better than what he did at Torrey Pines, which was 28th. So I'm feeling a nice little top 20 Tigers in the hunt Sunday. Okay, I like it. My short thing we kind of touched on uh, MLB free agency. I think um, coming this week before we meet again next week that one of Scott Boris's clients is going to be signed. Whether it's uh, I think it's going to be going to be one of his big big name guys. He doesn't want anybody going to this. Workout or spring training that's not spring training IMG. He wants all his guys staying put. But I think this U Darvish signing is gonna 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 kind of be the first domino to fall, and some of these other guys, some of these other big free agents, are going to start signing as well. That's not going to be, I don't think, the money that they expected. But also at the same time, I don't think it's going to be for the same amount of time that they expected. You might see more three to five year deals rather than these seven to ten or, year deals. Or they make it a seven year deal with the option after three years. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be my short thing. Is you're going to start seeing the domino fall a little bit on MLB free agent signings. The closer, I mean, like you said. Pitchers and catchers report this week, so things are going to start getting rolling. You don't want to be going into spring training late because that starts for a bad April, May, maybe rolls into June, and so that's it. That's my sure thing right there. Yeah, no, I need the hot stove season to pick up. And who knows, Manny Machado might even get traded this week. All right, next week on The Short Thing, everyone, thanks for tuning in this week. We'll have more hard-hitting sports talk next week. Remember, uh, subscribe on iTunes at The Short Thing and follow us on Twitter. Thanks again, and talk to you guys next week. K 